Ladies and gentlemen, welcome into episode 46 of the Get Around Podcast, our first official podcast of the fall sports season. I'm your host, Brett Summers. Joining me in the Record Eagle studio today, James Cook, Jake Atnip. We're all here. I'm only here for a brief amount of time, just long enough to record this podcast, and then I'm going back home to take care of the baby boy. Once again, leaving all the work for the rest of us. Me too, minus the baby. <laughs> oh yeah, James scooting out of here early too. I did train babies for I'm beer. A, I'm right? on my day off. I, yeah. I did give Jake the the opportunity to host if he wanted, since he was doing all the work. But he was kind enough to let me resume my position in the in the host chair. We'll see if I'm so graceful in the future. Hey, you've got, you you cut your teeth on the on the after dark episode of the podcast on Friday, where we wrapped up well week one of the prep football season Thursday and Friday games. That we went to, and uh, you did a good job. Got a little hairy in the post-production well, process. It happens, it happens, but thank you very much. But, uh, yeah, it's, uh, you know, I didn't, I, I had some hiccups my first few go-arounds with the, with the podcast as well, so it's to be expected, and you'll grow from it, you'll get better, and, you know, we'll have a number of voices on these podcasts that our Audible viewers can grow accustomed to and enjoy. But before we move on in this podcast, I do want to mention that this podcast is now sponsored. It's bringing in the big bucks. Big thank you to Traverse City Jimmy Johns for coming on board with the Get Around. It means we have to behave now, I think. To a certain extent. Yeah, yeah but to be fair, we've been really well behaved since Brendan left. We're just supposed, True. To, we're True. Just supposed to use the word freaky a lot more now. But So two Traverse City locations for Jimmy Johns. Freaky Fresh. Freaky Fast, Jimmy John's, Freak Yeah. Now that I've thanked our lovely sponsors, let's put our finger on the heartbeat of the sports world with the Pulse. And one team that we did not get to in the After Dark session Friday night, Saturday morning, or whenever you find folks tuned in for that podcast, we did not get to Traverse City St. Francis. I don't know if their, uh, their game run late, James, or... What the story was there? Well, we were getting a story from the uh, from the paper in Marquette. Oh yeah, so that's it, what happened. So they went way far away. Yeah. And kudos to any fans that traveled all the way there for week one. Lord knows we weren't allowed to. No, we got the story around. We got the story from the around midnight. Didn't really have enough time to digest and make an accurate depiction off of what we saw by the time we got through the After Dark podcast. So we decided to you know push it on back till today. It's been a long time since November. Everybody's. Everybody's got to, you know, reestablish themselves. Get back in the get, habit. Get comfortable with these crazy Friday nights, Thursday nights for week one and two of the prep season. But as I was saying, yes, we did not have information from St. Francis Marquette. We do have that now, and all three Traverse City schools are three and zero after week one. One and zero, you mean? What did I say? Three and zero. Three and zero. I'm I'm hedging I'm hedging my bets here. I'm being a little presumptuous. <laughs> Yes, one and zero after week one. I think most coaches would prefer to be three and zero after week one. I don't yeah. know about you guys, but uh, I think Central and West both have a pretty good chance of being three and zero. And I also think that, and with, I'd say St. Francis probably does as well. Well, I was gonna say, well, with the way that St. Francis and Central played, I think they their confidence level might be sitting at three and zero. You know, with Central, there you go, going what they went forty four to zero over Bay City Western, and then obviously as we get into St. Francis, they <laughs> went forty two to three over Marquette, and the big story out of that was Danny Pass, another quarterback. 
He had a 77-yard touchdown run and followed that up with a 97-yard touchdown run. How glad are the Gladiators to have him back? <laughs> Incredibly. I mean, yeah, all totaled 273 yards, I think it was. Just rushing. That's on the ground. Just rushing. Did he throw a pass? We, I don't know if he had to. Well, I mean, sure, I mean, the I'm game sure was he didn't 40, have to. I just <laughs> the game was 42 to three. I mean, well, I, did, it was, I just thought maybe like I got a field goal. I thought maybe Coach Sellers just would have gotten bored calling running plays, and he had to mix in a pass once in a while. Well, I will say I believe the game was only 21 to three at halftime, and they scored. Trevor C. St. Francis scored just before the half, so the game wasn't completely, you know, blown out of reach for, in the very beginning of the game. Like uh, they had their so, stuff, they had to work through too. Exactly. So they they got back in the second half. They obviously worked their kinks out, but they made the trip worth it. Obviously, coming back one and zero. Now we'll be talking about them a little bit later in the bulletin board. I'm sure. Mm-hmm. Get some of them Class A playoff points too, right? Yeah, we're not sure if that 97 yard run by Danny Pass now is a school record or not at this point. I mean, obviously, there's only two possible runs that could be longer, uh, but we haven't been able to track down. If there has been a 98 or a 99 yard run in St. Francis history yet, but that was a big, big win for the Gladiators. Big win for Traverse City, as I mentioned. St. Francis Central West all one and zero after Week One, and certainly going to be confident. The West they played a close one, but uh, against a pretty solid Week One opponent in Midland. So the, these three teams should be riding pretty high, and uh, they're off on the right foot. Yeah, definitely. I mean. Yeah, West playing. I think West played probably the best opponent of the three. Um, but I mean, Central only allowed sixty total yards against Bay City Western. I mean, you know, playing another Division One type school, Division One two type school, and just holding, them, shutting them down on their own home home opener. Yeah, traveling all the way out there, and sixty, 60 yards. yards. That's that's impressive. That's that's almost just demoralizing to start the season. So, I don't know about you guys, but I'm. I'm glad to be back and covering football. I don't know. Maybe oh. you guys don't want me back the rest of the time during the week. Oh, no, no. Trust me. We could use you, especially. <laughs> I was thinking about it today. I was like, you know, if, if it's just two of us here, there's only three days out of the week that there's really we could get anything outside of being in the office done. Because somebody's got to be here with all the prep stuff going on. And yeah, down one guy. I, I know it makes it difficult. We've all been in that situation where we're one of the two or one of the one, one of the ones that, that's uh, that's still but still working. But football, life happens. I'm 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 excited for football to be back. Football is probably my favorite sport to to cover and or watch. So on any Friday is a good Friday after you hit you know September first. Since we did cover most of the football happenings from last week in the after dark session on Friday. We are going to cross over to cross country. Jake, you had a long conversation on the phone with Benzie Central cross country coach Asa Kelly uh, Saturday after the legendary Pete Moss Invitational, which had about half of our area schools in it. Uh, the other half of our schools were at the Mancelona Invite. We'll get into that uh, later. But what, uh, what stood out from, from that meet as running is also underway at this point? Yeah, Asa definitely mentioned to me that this is the biggest cross-country invitational north of Grand Rapids throughout basically the entire school year. And it's a really good opportunity for, like you said, there's there was 18 schools represented from the area at the Pete Moss Invite. So it's a good chance for smaller schools and even schools like Traverse City West, Traverse City Central, who don't have that much D1 competition in the area to really gauge themselves and get a chance to see how they are faring for the season. One of the big things that... 
I noticed from the meet was there was a lot of individual runners who shined out, but there was only a couple teams who were really able to make any waves in the Pete Moss infight. There were a few big runners who did not run in the, this first meet of the year, including Traverse City West, Hannah Smith, who's dealing with a, knee, with a heel injury, um, according to her coach, Diane Goss. And they're just kind of on the precautionary side, want to make sure that she's better off in the end of the season than at the beginning of the season. And I, I'm going to interrupt you there real quick, Jake. Speaking of Hannah Smith, she was the subject of one of your stories in our uh, special section uh, for our fall sports preview uh, for our Audible viewers. If you haven't seen that, that ran in Thursday, August 23rd's edition of the Record Eagle. It's a standalone section, uh, 32 pages. We've got stories from cross country, swimming, football, volleyball, Soccer. We we covered all the sports, tooting our own horn a little bit, I guess. But I think between the three of us, or among the three of us, we did a lot of really good work in that tab. And I think there's some really good storytelling and really good uh, stuff there. That uh, if you missed out on that special section, please make sure to go back, check it out. I think you can probably stop by the Record Eagle if that issue missed you uh, or you missed it, and pick it up and read that. It's a uh, you know it's not terribly time sensitive there's a lot of good stuff that can uh, keep you entertained or interested for a while as the fall sports season goes on as we uh, told the stories of a number of kids uh, and teams schools throughout the area so something that we're pretty proud of and we want you to check that out one little update to that is uh one of the stories in there was the on the swim team about the uh the two divers on the swim team they now have three divers as darby drake has come back to the swim team makes their diving uh, part of their team even stronger than it was before. So you've got three state qualifiers and diving there coming mm-hmm. back to the Triton. All right, good stuff. Well, Jake, I'll let you jump back in. Well, yeah, the, no, I was, uh, and I was going to say, ironically, two of the athletes that I did profile are dealing with early season injuries. Which, it happens. You know, and, and you know, I, I, hope I, I hope I had no part to play in that, but I wish them both the best. I hope, I hope they can recover well. Anyway, it doesn't sound. Curse. It doesn't sound like either are terribly major. It's just. I, it doesn't matter how major. I just hope there's not a there's, there's not some curse and the athletes aren't going to be scared to talk to me after this there, one. Yeah, we're going to start calling it the Jake break. Yeah, the Jake <laughs> break. Jake does a story on somebody. They get hurt and have to miss some time. It's almost like the Madden curse. But we'll get back to this Pete Moss invite. Hannah Smith did not run, but a couple no, notable things. The the think the Kingsley girls probably were the most impressive overall team from the meet. They did play second in the small school division. Lake Leonard took six, or Lake Leonard St. Mary, sorry, took six. Glenlake took eighth, and so on and so forth. Bear Lake and Onekama took fourth place in the small school boys division. Um, they were the highest finishing boys team. A couple of the best individual performance included TC Central's Cole Truskowski. He finished in fifth place in the big, big school boys race, and Benty Central's Tyler Kintai. He finished in ninth place with a 16.46.5. So there's a couple guys right there who are already running well sub under 17 at the beginning of the year, and there are a couple guys we're going to have to watch out for. On the girls' side, Traverse City St. Francis's Caitlin Duffing. She finished in 12th. She's finally a senior, right? She's been one of our standout runners for, for a while now. For forever, it seems yeah, like. And, yeah, and uh, it's finally her, her last prep go-round. Yeah, and she, she started the season already clocking in under 19 minutes. She was at 18.55. Point three, or the only other person who finished in the top five for the schools it was McKenna Scott of Glen Lake. She 
fourth in the school, girls' small school race with a twenty forty seven point four. Well, you didn't have a chance to meet Pete Moss. No, I did not. But he but... he was at the meet. The uh, of of course the namesake for the Pete Moss Invitational, and he's got a major milestone birthday yeah, coming up sh- this week. Shout out to out. Pete Moss. His ninetieth birthday is coming up this this coming week, on uh, which you'll probably be listening to this podcast. So. If you see him around or anything, make sure you give him a shout out and a happy birthday. I know he was. I know I talked to Asa Kelly and he said that, you know, he was ecstatic to be out. If he was out there, he was having a good time. He was happy to see all the runners. And I think it's the ninth year that they they since they renamed the Benzie Invitational to Pete Moss. And he said that it's just been an honor, you know, to even be with Pete Moss. Asa Kelly said just be by Pete Moss and have him there for the meet is just an honor. So happy birthday. Uh, Mr. Moss. We'll stick with cross country for a bit here. I uh, mentioned the Mansalona Invitational also took place that had about the other half of our coverage area represented, and the Mansalona boys took that. Girls took second. I mean, the biggest thing to come out of there was, you know, Tyler McClure, he took fourth overall, and that's really what helped Mansalona, the boys, take first place. They were in a little bit of a heated battle. They were, I think, only 12 spots up on the final score, but Tyler McClure stepped up and took for us, so Mancelona took their own home Ironman invite. Kingsley Volleyball was in action over the weekend as well. They won their own Invitational, as well as the Cadillac Invitational over Traverse City Central. North Bay Volleyball won the Bear Lake Invitational. Jake, you've got a few standout numbers from that Kingsley team over the course of the last week or so. Who stood out uh, for the Stags? Well, yeah, Jessica Leffler definitely was the star of the of the weekend, really, or really last week. But just over at the Kingsley invite, she had 55 kills, 32 digs, and 8 aces. And she's backed up by Brittany Bowman, who had 30 kills and 31 digs. So pretty good one-two punch on offense and defense, able to really help Kingsley sweep through their entire Kingsley invite. They never dropped, um, you know, never dropped a match. And... When they went out to Cadillac, they obviously went over Division One foe Traverse City Central and won, you know, in a pretty big meet out there. So Kingsley's looking good. I believe they're seven, seven zero and one right now, overall. So they're they're definitely looking pretty impressive at the beginning of this year. And they've won every tournament they've gone to. Yeah, I they've believe it's all, three. They won all three tournaments because they started off the year in Allendale, at a Division One tournament and won that as well. Yeah, so they've definitely stepped up over the last week and a half. So. I know we've had this conversation before, but you've got to feel pretty good about Kingsley this year, right, James? I mean, they've they've run into that Cadillac buzzsaw the last couple of years in the playoffs after posting ridiculous regular seasons. We know how good Cadillac volleyball has been, but now Kingsley just won the Cadillac invite. I'm not certain, but, it, I mean, maybe the Vikings are a little bit down finally it, with Leffler, Bowman, uh, and so many of those talented girls just from last year's team coming back. I mean, is this is this the year that Kingsley escapes the, the district and goes regionals and, and maybe further? I think definitely. Uh, um, I mean, Cadillac was also in the preseason volleyball rankings that they put out uh, just a week or two ago. But Kingsley is actually in a different district this year than uh, than they were last well, year. Well, that'll help so, too. <laughs> so yeah, so they're going to be going up to they're going to be going up to Sault Ste. Marie, and that should be a district that you know I would think that they would be the hands-down favorite to win that, and then Cadillac will probably be the favorite in their own district. And I don't know that they'll even meet up in regionals, possibly, that they might not be might, might not be hit each other until, like, quarterfinals or something. I mean, I just know the last handful of years, Kingsley has been very good, and it just so happens that Cadillac's been a little bit better, and it's really prevented us from seeing how far Kingsley can go. Obviously, we saw the Kingsley girls basketball team reach the state semifinals last year, so we know they have the, even though they're not all the same athletes, 
We know that they have the athletes in that school to make runs of that kind. And it's just been a little bit of a shame that, you know, we, we talk about seeding all the time in a number of playoffs where it would seemingly be nice to not have some of the best teams knocking each other out in the very first round. And you know, hopefully if, if this Kingsley team is as good or better than that what they've been in the last few years, hopefully we're finally going to get to see what, what they can do uh, against teams not named Cadillac in the postseason. And the North Bay Volleyball, too, the other thing that's interesting about that is that's the first year of this, of them doing a co-op oh, that's for right. volleyball. So they're, it's Sutton's Bay, Northport, and Lake Leland, Austin, St. Mary all together in one team. Um, so you've got some some pretty good athletes from three schools, and they all have uh, they all have players in the starting lineup. Do they, does that still fall into a class D, or is it? Are they? Did they have to bump up because of that? I don't know. I mean, all three of those schools are pretty small. I yeah, mean, my guess is it's pretty close whether they're yeah. C or D. Yeah, it might, and you and you've got the conversion to go into divisions instead of classes this year too. So that might change things up a little bit here or there. But uh, but I mean they they've been doing very well this uh, beginning of this year. I mean, uh, Kelly McConnick and Mike Kelly are co-coaching the team this year. So we got a coach from Northport and a coach from Sutton's Bay there leading the program. Well, we wanted to touch on one more sport before uh, we take our hands off the pulse of the sports world. That's Leland and Elk Rapids soccer both dominated this week. Yeah, Elk Rapids, was they had the Cherry Key invite. A lot of teams out there, it sounded like, yeah, over but the they, weekend. <clears throat> they went 3-0, and shut out all three of their opponents, and ended up winning the Cherry Key Invitational. So Elk Rapids, I believe they're 4-1 and one right now. And and Leland, I mean, I, when uh, Trevor City Christians, Ryan Christie, uh, called the other day and was reporting their score, he was saying that they were playing Charlevoix next. And I was like, oh, well, I just talked to, or just got the information from the Leland-Charlevoix game, and Leland beat them 9-1. to one. Yeah. And he was like, Really? Yeah, he, he's like, yeah. he's like, I our scouting reports kind of said that Charlevoix was pretty good. Yeah, so that that gives you a gauge on what what Leland's been capable of over the last week too. Speaking of Elk Rapids soccer, uh, another chance to tout the the tab. Uh, one of the stories in there uh, that I worked on was about Josh Vandeveer, Elk Rapids soccer player, who he's just been through a ridiculous amount over the last year and a half. There was. Uh, bit of an accident during gym class in December of 2016 and basically ended up resulting in the complete loss of his memory going all the way back the first 15 years of his life. Couldn't even really remember playing soccer. But I'll tell you, he did not forget how to. No, he didn't. No, this weekend he had a, of course, he had a header off of a corner kick. Yeah, that's the other this, crazy this, thing. This I mean, weekend. he had this huge head injury. And he worked so hard for so long to get back onto the field, wasn't even ever sure he would be able to play again. And he uses his head more than anybody on that Elk Rapids roster. Yeah, he, like I, I know his coach told me, they are so happy to have him back. When he first stepped on the field, they weren't sure what, you know, what type of skills he would be able to bring back or how sure himself would be on the field. And when I talked to, you know, I talked to him on Saturday, he was like, and it's good to have Josh. Like, no, no matter no matter what he thinks, he's like, hey, I think he makes us that much better. So, but uh, yeah, as I was saying, I you know, yes, it's my own story, but I think it's something that everybody should yeah everybody should give a read just because uh, man, talk about a, a tough and hardworking kid and you know, somebody who hasn't let even the worst of circumstances get in his way 
I mean, huge thank you to Josh and his family and everybody that I talked to for that story for, for helping out and helping me tell it. He's certainly uh, a player that I'm going to keep my eye on all season long. That wraps up The Pulse, sponsored by Jimmy John's. It's two locations in Traverse City. Order a tasty sandwich today with the Jimmy John's app. I don't have that downloaded yet, fellas. I should probably do that. As the pioneers in the Traverse City area, I think we all should have the Jimmy John's app. I do. I, I ordered a you sub. You do? I, yeah, I ordered a sub when I was down covering the baseball state finals. Takes us to the bulletin board. And as you probably noticed in the paper, we had our fall camp tour for the area football teams, which I was not a part. So kudos to Jake and James. Mostly, mostly per- James. Yeah, mostly perpetuated by James Cook himself. For, uh, for hoofing it all around the world. I think one day he covered seven teams in one day, which, go James. <laughs> Two scrimmages. <laughs> you are the man. But uh, we just wanted to touch on kind of a little more that came out of those camps. And uh, having seen so many, been around the area in such a short amount of time, just what's one or two things, James, that kind of stood out to you? Maybe not necessarily about any team in particular, but just about the football landscape of northern Michigan. You know, the participation numbers at, at most schools were pretty strong. Um, there was a couple that were down a little bit here or there. You know, Frankfurt, Point City, down a few from, from previous years. But You know, those are two schools where it's going to bounce back. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't think those schools are really worried. You know, Matt Stapleton said that they knew this hiccup was coming with a smaller class. Overall, you're seeing participation rates still you know pretty good most teams have more players than they've had in the last couple of years so i think that the uh the worry that everybody keeps saying about the, the decline in, in participation in football because of concussion scares and stuff like that i i don't know that that's really happening as much as people think at least maybe not around here now we've, we've got a, i think a bunch of teams you're going to see a bunch of teams improved from last year that haven't been teams that have been competitive and in contention you know the benzie centrals you know, is, is one that really... Uh, Kingsley. Kingsley, I mean... Picking yeah, up they, a win over up. McBain and Tim Moore's return to the Stags. I mean, how awesome was that to see? On the road, too. You know, so that's, you know, always kind of nice to see. It's nice to see some new teams uh, jumping into the mix and, and being being competitive, being in there every week. But you guys went to a few camps, too, didn't you? Did you get, what I, did you guys well, I mean, You I, went to Kingsley, you went to TC West? Well, there was, just after the first, you know, after the first week, I... I sorry, Kingsley and TC Central, and you went to... TC West and Kalkaska and Mancelona. Yeah, Kalkaska. They were they they did not win their first game. I was gonna say I was trying because I, I know Mancelona. They won their first game over uh, Gaylord St. Mary, and uh, they won sixteen to zero. And I when I when I talked to them, they you know, I I would I would have been surprised if you would have said that their defense was gonna shut you know shut them out. Well, I mean for me it's uh it's that win for Kingsley uh, after going one and eight. Uh, I know this. That's not technically camp camp stuff, <clears throat> but it all started with camp for War. That's been a staple of his coaching, no matter where he's been. Having remote or removed from campus camp for his team, where they bond and literally spend every minute of the, of the day for three days together. And they did that uh, on the shores of the Manistee River this year. The first three days of practice, camping out, grilling with the with the dads and. Having practiced three times a day, man, for them to to come out and be ready to go and and win one in game one, that's got to do a ton for their confidence after what a lot of those kids have been through the last two years, one and eight and three and six, respectively, in those seasons. So whatever Tim's doing is it, it 
it's worked so far and the Kingsley community is excited about it for a reason. We just have a couple more items on the bulletin board. We wanted to look ahead to the week two football matchups. We've got St. Francis heading to Glen Lake in week two. Glen Lake got roughed up a little bit against New Lothrop in week one. So they're looking to avoid an 0-2 start to the season at home. That's a very young Lakers team, probably missing the leadership a little bit of last year's senior class, uh, which, of course, included Kate Peterson. They're probably going to have to simplify things a little bit and uh, do what they do best if they're going to have any kind of chance of staying in the game against St. Francis. You've got Central Lake versus Onekama, the defending eight-man, Division One eight-man state champion Trojans dropped their season opener. They're 0-1 about to take on Onekama, who just ran roughshod over somebody last week. Am I right about that? Yeah, I can't remember who it was. It wasn't close. No, it was not close. And it's uh, it's interesting you have Central Lake, Onekama, and then St. Francis, Glen Lake. So you have Central Lake and Glen Lake, both two of perennially the better teams around mm-hmm. here, both trying to avoid being 0-2 and both having to play another really good opponent. Well, and Onekama and Central Lake, those were the two teams that were basically unbeaten through seven or eight weeks, whatever it was last year. And it was like, all right, whoever wins this game, that's that's who's going to have a shot at a state championship. And Central Lake, of course, prevailed. And then another eight-man matchup, Bel Air 1-0 versus Sutton's Bay 1-0. And talk about a, a statement in Garrick Opie's first game as head coach of the Norsemen. What was it? 56 to nothing? Oh, I think or it was 62 to 0. 62 to 0? 62 to 0, okay. yeah. And Bel Air looking to go 2-0. and all. They've they've had a f- slow starts the last couple of years, so for them to get off to a 2-0 and oh, uh, would be huge after having a slow start the last couple of years. As I mentioned at the top, as soon as I'm done recording this podcast, I'm headed home to take care of my wife and our new baby boy who was born two weeks ago uh, last Friday. Vincent Jameson is what we named him. And, beautiful, uh, beautiful name. I mean, did it have anything you. to do with the whiskey? I have to ask. Well, kind of. So our daughter, Harper, the reason we came up with her first name, had some ties to Ireland, which we visited twice. Like the Guinness Harp? Well, no, but the Harp because it is the symbol of Ireland. Of course. What you may not know about the Harp is that all the Harps on the back of Irish currency are flipped the opposite way of the Guinness harp because Guinness trademarked it way, 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 way back when. And so the country actually had to change how they portrayed their national symbol because the brewery already had it the other way. And speaking of Guinness, he had another name, you know, shout out Brendan Queeley or Queeldemort as I like to call him and his dog Guinness. His Pitbull Guinness. But then, so so yeah, so Jameson was a bit of a tie-in to, obviously, the Irish distillery, Irish whiskey, pronounced more like Jameson over there than yeah. Jameson. But, uh, oh, I thought it had to do with me. Uh, James Sun, he's I'm not crushed. James Sun. <laughs> well, it's good to have you in the studio, Brad. Well, it's good to be back, yes. and uh, thanks to uh, all those who wished my family and myself well on the social media channels. I posted a picture of the little guy. He's uh I mean I'm I'm biased, but he's a handsome little devil. So pretty we'll see in a couple pretty of years. excited to have him and <laughs> his 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 big sister's excited to have him. Of course I look forward to getting back to you guys full time. Uh, but I'm definitely enjoying some time at home at the moment as well. In a new house nonetheless. Yeah, we well we had to move out of the rental because uh 
that wasn't gonna cut the mustard for fair. Brett's going through a big, old, big old life a big old life change. He's taking some time to adjust. It's okay. Take all the time you need. What is it, twelve weeks you could take off on I could take twelve weeks. <laughs> <laughs> twelve weeks on I, I won't be taking twelve weeks. Uh, if if only it was that CEO salary, corporate money would be really mm, nice. That would be nice. Then you wouldn't see me for twelve weeks. <laughs> <laughs> that would be really SOL. Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna jump into the first edition of the Falls Get Around Hall of Fame. Jake, I'm already tasking you with creating the wall chart so that we don't double up on anybody this year. Of course. Always falls into my lap, but I'll take care of it for you. The Get Around Hall of Fame is sponsored by Jimmy John's, two locations in Traverse City. Jimmy John's spends six hours slicing and baking every day to make you a 30-second sandwich. Freaky fresh, freaky fast, Jimmy John's. Freak yeah. All right, so we got two football players and a volleyball player up for the Get Around Hall of Fame. This season, or starting this season, we're doing things just a tad bit differently. So our nominees will all be considered Players of the Week. And then we are voting for a player of the week to be inducted into the Get Around Hall of Fame. So all three of these players, already players of the week in the eyes of the Record Eagle, congratulations on being ready for week one of the season. Speaks to your preparation, and you are commended. Jake, I'll let you go first. We talked about her a little bit earlier. That you can we did. you can run through the numbers again and uh you know, if, if it wasn't going to happen in week one, or if it doesn't happen in week one, it's probably going to happen at some point. Well, of course. Well, like we brought, I brought her up earlier, Jessica Leffler, uh, outside hitter for Kingsley. Like I said, really helped them sweep through that Kingsley invite. You know, Kingsley now won all three of their tournaments. So the early season, what would I say, flex game is pretty strong for Kingsley right now, and Leffler has been at the head of that. So with her 55 kills... 32 digs, 8 aces, just in that Kingsley tournament alone, I would like to put her up for Player of the Week. Well, she is Player of the Week. You're putting her up for the Hall of Fame. Well, no, uh, she's your Player of the she's Week. She's my she's player, player of the Week, week. all right? Yeah. James, you've got a, a Player of the Week who we also mentioned so far, and I think we've I think we've completed his stat line, which, I mean, he's certainly deserving of this honor, but we should probably go over the whole thing, don't you think? Yeah, probably. So Marquette had him down for 272 yards rushing. Three touchdowns rushing, and then he was over five passing. But you know they weren't throwing. It was week they weren't, one. They weren't throwing the ball too much. The they one were, completion that St. Francis had was in the second half when they put Colin Endres in at quarterback after the game was already out of hand. But uh, two hundred and seventy-two yards, three touchdowns. One of them seventy-seven, one ninety-seven. That of course, Danny Passano. Because you haven't said his name. Yes. Yeah, I was gonna. I was gonna interject <laughs> and see how long. I think everybody go. would know. But Brett, who do you put up for the Hall of Fame this week? Who is your player of the week? I did not have the uh, the fortune of seeing him play his first game of his senior year because, of course, they were out of town visiting Bay City Western. Tobin Schwanke, quarterback for Traverse City Central, he, uh, he he took it to the Warriors. He threw for 190 yards and two touchdowns and ran for 103 more and a third touchdown. So that's a full night's worth of work for opening day, almost 300 yards. Yeah, if I can do basic addition. Uh, 293 total yards from QB1 at Traverse City Central. Which is almost five times as many as Bay City Western had as a team. Yeah, what you, you ha- what'd you have in here, James? Western uh, had 60 yards 60 of yards total of offense. Total offense. So shout out to that Trojans defense, too. So you've got almost 300 yards from Schwanke, almost 300 yards from Passano, 
and just a boatload of murderous kills for Kingsley's Jessica Leffler. So we'll put it to a vote, Jake. Jake, who are you voting for? I'm going to put this out there now so we can get it out of the way early, and especially just because of especially one big play. I'm going to say Danny Passano. I think deserves to go to the Hall of Fame, especially for that 97-yard touchdown run. All right, well, so, since, so James can't just steal it without me saying anything. I'll jump in next. <laughs> Tobin will have his day. I'm no, sure. I'll vote. I'll. I. I'll, I was gonna say I'll vote for Passano too because uh, yeah, that just to have that ninety-seven yard touchdown run. Hopefully, it's a school record. We'll come back at our audible viewers with that if we uh, if we find out for sure. And interesting to go back to the tab again. Those two are part of our uh, big two-page spread that we have in the big in the uh, middle of the tab of uh, the three starting quarterbacks from Traverse City. We believe the first time ever that we've had three three-year starters at quarterback at the three Traverse City schools. A huge shout out to our design expert Emily for helping put that together. It looked fantastic. I hope we can do some more stuff like that in the future because I think that added a, an incredibly creative and outstanding element to our fall tab, which you should pick up. And if you didn't get the paper on Thursday, August 23rd, you should come to the Record Eagle and say, hey, I want the fall tab. Happily named the playbook. The playbook, yes. Jake, kudos on that. Very very well done. It's better than the lineup, which we had the last couple of years. And mm-hmm. and I believe if you want to come in and buy that episode or issue the, the paper, I think you can just come in and pay the just whatever the regular price of the paper, that day's paper is and get the whole issue plus the, uh, plus the tab. All right, so congratulations to our three players of the week and our first inductee into the 2018-19 Get Around Hall of Fame, Traverse City St. Francis quarterback Danny Passanow, brought to you by Jimmy Johns. It was reported on Monday that New York Giants wide receiver Odell Beckham Jr. broke the bank. He was awarded a five-year, $95 million contract with $65 million guaranteed by the New York football giants, making him the highest-paid wide receiver of all time. $19 million a season if that contract is paid out to its fullest, which we all know those deals tend not to be, but he's still a young, explosive wide receiver, so who knows? But that did get us thinking a little bit for our latest rendition of the trifecta, who, it doesn't have to be football, but which player would we want to bring to our team that we would break the bank to do it? So football, basketball, baseball. I feel like baseball is kind of actually out of the mix here because as we've seen just with the star power in baseball, adding a great player doesn't necessarily make you a whole lot better. But maybe I'm wrong. Maybe Jake's got maybe Jake has that magical fix for the for the Tigers. They can bring I, I in and I mean, do you, do you want Detroit to I, pay four hundred million dollars for Bryce Harper this summer? Well, it wouldn't be Bryce Harper if there was anybody I would have. That this isn't going to be my choice, but if there was somebody I'd have the Tigers bring him and I'd have him bring in Mike Trout. Just, yeah, I, that, just so you could go and watch him. Well, yeah, but it's not even that. But even if you just saber metrics, even in his trade off his wins over replacement, he's going to make that team better. Even Only by seven wins. Back. Well, seven Which means the that they only suck a little bit less. That's the difference between a wild card <laughs> and not a wild card at the very least. I mean, not for the Tigers right now. But well, right, that was what I was. That's what I was saying. But uh, I think if, if they we continue were gonna... to develop, he, you know, if they continue to develop those young guys, yeah. add seven games to that plus development. Yeah, maybe they're a wild card. Yeah, maybe. Man. Maybe, but who who are you going to go with? Probably, I would say, I would want to break the bank on. 
You got multiple choices yeah, on yeah, your no, brain. I'm hitting it. Yeah, dude, I got so many. I'm, I'm going to go with uh, mine because I'm, I'm going right. to take mine. All right, let's go with James. James I'm going to go with Le'Veon Bell. Uh, to the Detroit to the Lions. Detroit Lions. Instant running game. And they have improved that offensive line in Detroit over the last couple of years, so you got to feel like mm-hmm. that would be uh, – I'm kind of happy with the running game now, but, I mean, man, That would be the, be- that would be the balance. Bell in there? Oh, yeah. Or Khalil Mack. Yeah, wow. If, if the limo driver was right, which he's not. He wasn't. Not at all. But Robert Ayers, I mean, almost the same thing, right? No. <laughs> One-fifth. One-fifth of Khalil, Khalil Mack. Mack. <laughs> Is he going to get moved at some point, though? I mean, I feel like this holdout keeps going. I mean, Oakland's got to trade him, don't they? I would wonder if, you know, if Gruden would maybe make an example out of him. That's a lot of money for a year to make an example of somebody, especially when you're not going to get anything in return once he becomes a free agent. No, I mean make an example as far as saying we're not going to pay you, we're going to trade you. Oh, oh, right, okay. We'll, we'll trade you to Cleveland. Well, but don't you think that's what Mac wants, really? Or, or, I mean, he clearly doesn't care if he gets traded. doesn't seem like. Yeah, I would trade him to someone like Crappy. <laughs> Which is what Bill <laughs> Belichick does. If Bill Belichick doesn't like you, he trades you to Cleveland or or, or uh, Kansas City when they were not good. Timbuktu. Yeah. All right, Jake, what did you decide on? I'm gonna I'm gonna go off the kilt a little bit and say just because my Detroit Red Wings have been down for the last couple of years, something I'm not used to. I would like to see them be reinvigorated immediately. So that'd be really cool if they could break the brink and bring in, say, an Alex Ovechkin. I'd mm. uh, bring another Russian back to Detroit and see if he can reinvigorate. The they New might Russian restamp arena. the the rink with Hockey Town if they they brought it. Is, is like that, that true? I don't is know. It? I saw that they, I hope they that's removed not true. it, which would be really sad. I, I hope it's not true, but that just means that they were giving in to all the haters who were were coming at us saying, you ain't Hockey Town after we haven't won a cup since 2008. It's been 10 years. But o- Ovechkin. is Hockey Town? Then? Yeah. Ovechkin's who you're going for? Pittsburgh. Ovechkin, yeah. But right. t- taking Alex Ovechkin over to the Red Wings, because I think even him being in his elder years, he obviously can still score 50 goals in a season and be the catalyst for a cup. And he's got yeah, he's, and he's got that Stanley Cup monkey off his back now yeah. too. All right, well, I'm gonna I'm gonna go with football here, and I'm gonna go outside the box a little bit. I think another team may still kind of own his rights, but I'm gonna go uh, with somebody who I would expect could still come in and make an impact, even though he's not playing right now. But being I feel like the Packers are still in a championship window with Aaron Rodgers. I would uh, I'd bring in Megatron and bring, bring, you were going. bring him I'd to Green it. Bay and, and put Calvin Johnson on the outside for, for Aaron Rodgers. And, man, I don't care if Calvin hasn't played in two years. That would be terrifying for opposing defenses. Calvin was always terrifying for opposing defenses. Yeah, but imagine if he had Aaron Rodgers thrown. I mean, that's nothing against Matt Stafford. But you can't. nobody can tell me that Matt Stafford's as good as Aaron Rodgers. And, and, and he had Devontae Adams on the other side, and he never had a receiver as good as Devontae Adams. And then Randall Cobb in the slot. Yeah. Man, make it a year ago. And Jimmy Graham at tight end. Yeah. Look at that. Look at that. Four, I still, look I at don't that think, four wide outs. I don't think. Right I still don't think that the Packers are going to be that good this year. But and David Bakhtiari at left tackle for four games. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. We'll see how that how that goes. But man, that would be. I would break the bank to bring him out of retirement right now. Does Detroit still own his rights? Like, if he wanted to do no, that, could I he? I think he's out of his contract by now. Is he? I think it's two years. Yeah, I think he. I think he, if he wanted to come back, I think he could sign with anybody he wanted okay. to. Because yeah. Detroit actually went and got some money back from him. Okay. Right? Because over his contracts, over the signing bonus money. Mm-hmm. All right. Fair enough. 
Well, that that's who I'd go with. But yeah, don't you wish you were a part of Detroit Pride? No. You used to have go Pack Go, ten baby. Years. Ten years, baby. That was the trifecta sponsored by Jimmy John's. Two locations in Traverse City. At Jimmy John's, they're freaks about fresh bread, meats, and veggies because that means better sandwiches for all. Freaky fresh, freaky fast, Jimmy John's. Freak yeah. That wraps up episode 46 of the Get Around Podcast, brought to you by Jimmy John's. We thank our Audible viewers for listening. I was your host, Brett Summers, James Cook, Jake Catnip. Adios. See you later. Freak yeah. <laughs>